<laughs> and like you, I wasn't listening either. <laughs> um, you know what we are listening to, though? What are we listening to? <laughs> We're listening to the Gimme Five Podcast, episode two hundred nine, side A. This is the Gimme Five Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things, mostly. This is a side A episode. Somewhat. Which means we're going to talk about, um, we're definitely talking about some very cool pop culture stuff. A little bit of entertainment news. Um, movies. Music. There will, there will be a little bit of music. Books. A fantastic TV show that I watched. Uh, there's definitely a Florida, this one's not a Florida man, this is a Florida little man, and, uh, whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Ad-Rock. What? And I'm joined by Mike D. Yeah. I wasn't right, I didn't have my Mike D raps broken out. <laughs> I could... And, uh... Ad-Rock and I stop and I tick and I talk. Like, I could have done Ad-Rock, but I can't, I don't, I, I can't pull a Mike D out of my head. Sorry. So. Sorry, sorry. And I'm also joined by MCA. Is that like the movie company? <laughs> Come on, man. Beastie Boys. It's the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I'm going to pretend it's that you... It's not the home video company? I'm going to pretend that you already knew that and you were just messing around. <laughs> it's the only Rob way... Does not, Rob does not, in fact, want to fight for his right to it's... party. <laughs> well, it's the only way I can cope. There's I, no way that I don't have know. to. You just party? You I ju- do. You just do it? I yeah. just do it. Okay. All I'm right. like Nike. Okay. That's fair. Um, you know what we're going to talk about this week? Um, no, what are we going to talk about this week? I think we'll do uh, the new comic. Excuse me, what are we going to talk about this week, Adrock? Uh, <laughs> Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, Soul Plumber, which can go in so many directions. <laughs> that, is a, that is a comic book. Okay. Am I the only one who, when he said that, was was humming that to the tune of Soul Man in their head? <laughs> I'm a soul I, I was plumber. not, no. <laughs> um and i got i had the privilege i'm going to use the word privilege um, i watched the fx hulu show uh reservation dogs and it was fantastic Rob, and also, are you also the, the netflix movie thing? yeah there's someone in your house what there's someone in my house there is you should go look i wish i'm very lonely <laughs> wow <laughs> hi mr killer Oh, <laughs> thanks for stopping by, buddy. You want some mom spaghetti? <laughs> if anyone would like to go to Omar's house to keep him company and or murder him, he's not being picky. Let us know. I'll take what I can get. You can contact us at gibby5podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but this is, in fact, a review show. We are going to review some stuff that just came out. Uh, nothing that any spoilers would ruin it but if you are a little picky about spoilers involving cameos or uh cliffhanger comic books things along those lines i might ruin the netflix movie. ruin the hell out of the netflix movie they know what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing <laughs> bad is 
far as I can see, but either way. How dare Quit they making good shit for me to watch? How dare they time. make me have stuff to watch literally every single night of my life? Nobody um, makes me feel my own feelings. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody makes me watch my own entertainment. <laughs> uh, anyway, we if you get mad about spoilers, then uh, we're gonna be just we're gonna spoil stuff. So that's it. I refuse to participate. You will take your entertainment and insert it directly into my eye hole, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's so aggressive. <laughs> um, you know what I forgot about? I forgot to get news. Did anybody grab news? I, I have some news. Okay. Uh the big news, and I will admit that I don't know much about this, but it might we joke about Netflix having all sorts of stuff like to be able to watch. Mm-hmm. Um that might not be the case very soon. Really? Because not just Netflix, but every possible channel so we might have a, a momentary lapse of things because almost every single uh film related union is about to go on strike on monday that's the if you're behind the scenes in film they have all joined up because they haven't seen raises in years and these company the companies that are paying them are making record money and they're changing their just, just like what happened with black widow they're changing their contracts so that all these mm-hmm. people that were making money on percentages on film releases, when they sell the stuff to Netflix or Amazon or whatever, they're like, oh, well, we don't have to pay you your 10%. Um, because so somehow that see. doesn't count, so to speak? Yeah, well, it's in the contract. And Well, but, but also, I, I mean, it seems like odd timing because are they really making record profits oh, yeah. now, currently, after COVID? Yes. The film, uh, because I, I really feel like they're taking losses because they're still not recouping money at the theaters. It's the well, they're making more than that by the streaming. Because remember, if you if a movie is in the theater, mm-hmm. the theater gets a very large percentage of that box office. So now, if like HBO you know, makes a movie, puts it right on their streaming, they get one hundred percent. So even if they're charging four ninety nine a month, that's still more than they would be making per. I'm saying viewer slash subscriber um, for a month's worth of, you know, someone subscribing. So because they're getting all of the money versus 50 percent, splitting 60%. it with the, with the movie company. With the, so like even if they charge like, you know, I pay 20 bucks to rent something on Disney Plus for my family of three, which is about uh, which is less than I would be paying in the theater. Yeah, they're still making price. more. They're still making more of that money than they would be if it was in the theater. Um, OK. But that's also so, assuming that I, I mean I guess you know the numbers and you know that it's also true. I mean, but I also am one of those people who doesn't pay that. I wait for it to be free because it eventually is, and it's coming free faster than it would have had it been released in the theater. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, that's, too. I've, that also depends on if you're already a subscriber, and I that's the part where no one really knows what the money is. Like, is it every time someone clicks on something and watches a movie on? netflix are they getting a percentage there or is it just a hey we're gonna pay you 10 million dollars to be allowed to put you our your movie on our right. site or something? well and I, I mean just as an example and i know it's a bad example simply because they they um they have their own stuff but like disney disney plus they put a movie out and you have to pay 30 bucks to watch it i don't pay 30 bucks to watch it i wait till it's free i mean they're not getting any more money from me 
by putting it on their streaming service. I mean, I pay for the streaming service and I get it when it comes free. I don't pay any extra money for it. That's stupid. I I do. <laughs> well, well, but see, it makes sense. Like for me to watch it, it doesn't make sense. But it does for you, Greg, with, you know, like a family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's me and, and my just... girls, then maybe I will. But just for me, myself, I'm not like I haven't watched Black Widow yet because I'm, I don't want to pay that. That's free now, I it's, think. It's free now, by the way. Well, I got to get Disney Plus back, but don't tell Disney that. But I just let it, like, I just let that lap. Like, I just didn't renew it, but um, but that's so easy to do. You know what I mean? Um, I'm actually thinking of going Apple so that I can watch Mystic Quest. And, it's Mythic Quest? Mythic Quest. Mystic Quest? Yeah, Mythic, Mythic Quest and uh, Ted Lasso. Now, so I guess um, there's a higher minimum wage for workers across the board, a generous allotment of downtime. And, um, of course, different classifications for streaming because I guess they're still using the the classification of streaming as a lower-paid job if you're working on a streaming thing. But as we've noticed, the streaming productions are much bigger. So Okay, so how does this affect us at home? They're, uh, are they going to have to pull things? Is that what, is that what the thing is? Nothing will have to be pulled. It's just they won't be filming anything. So... Oh. Uh, okay. This is like I have a, a lot of friends that are from different sides of not different sides, but for, they work on different things. But this would be every camera person that I know is would be striking. Every makeup artist um, would be striking in solidarity. Uh, a lot of the digital production people, um, camera people, things like that. So. so whatever we have now, like that's it for a while, theoretically. Yeah. So it might be a lot of terrible reality TV for a while. Not for me. Not for this. Well, I, I mean, I won't, I won't watch that at all. No, no. I'll learn how to read again. But, but in all honesty, I mean, we've still got the entire backlog of shit from Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever. There just won't be any new stuff. So I mean, there's, there will still be stuff to watch, and it really kind of seems to me like the, they'll still collect their, um, their membership fees. For the streaming services, so I mean, other than not putting out any of the new stuff, I mean, and Netflix can probably still get access to old stuff, and there's so, probably stuff that was supposed to come out in the past year, right? That 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 didn't. But either way, I mean, it's just it's a thing. I don't and, know. And and I'm all for I'm all for fair treatment of the workers. I mean, I, I I really think that that that's something that they need to address. But I also don't think that at this point the the movie companies are going to be hurt all that badly by it being that they've probably got a backlog of product that hasn't been released due to COVID. Okay. It seems like, too, just from reading the article, sorry, I took a drink and it had a lot of ice in it. Uh, it seemed like, too, that it, they're not... The, the bargainers on the movie side seem mm-hmm. like they are not treating it with urgency more than not doing anything. So it's possible that this is just a, you know, hey, you better treat this with urgency. We're serious, which could hopefully make things move faster, you know, within a week or two weeks, you know. So either way, that was the non-fun stuff. I do have some fun stuff. Uh, This was mentioned in our patron-only chat, which I thought was kind of fun and uh, interesting. Uh, They... Actually, cast Adam Warlock for the Marvel Universe. I did see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he has been hinted at for a while. And if Since you guys the don't first Guardians movie. Yeah. And it was that weird cocoon, right? Because mm-hmm. Adam Warlock is known as the perfect man. So kind of like me. Except before I lost my golden blonde flowing hair. We'll call it a mane, if you will. My mane, yes. Your man mane. It was it wasn't golden blonde, but I did have a mane. Nothing could defeat that mullet. <laughs> uh they they hinted it. There was a cocoon. There was the golden skin people from, I think, Guardians 2. There was a post-credit scene in Guardians 2 for this character who's uh, supposed to... It, it was... She said, we will call him Adam. Yes. And they... Um, that character was supposed to be, like, the, the exact opposite of Thanos, in a way. Like, Thanos was supposed to be everything bad and evil and death. And he was supposed to be everything good and bright and life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the same I, uh, with the same power as Thanos, he was one of the actual guardians of the stones. He was the guardian of the soul stone. Oh, he was bonded ben, with uh, the soul stone. He was basically Superman Jesus, to be all honest. To be honest, interesting. Okay. Uh, weird character. I didn't really like the design because I don't know. Just he was very orange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. Know, he was, he had a very seventies design, which back when I was reading comics, like super religiously, I didn't like him, but. Uh, Will Poulter, we got you know we buried the lead there. Will Poulter uh, from Bandersnatch and Revenant, and what else? Uh, he was in Narnia. He was in Midsummer, which I don't remember him in Midsummer. But he is going to play Adam Warlock. It's an interesting casting choice. Oh, he was in uh, We're the Millers as well, right? As the kid. That's the kid. The oh, kid. was that him? Yeah. Interesting. With, uh, with what? Who was that? Jennifer Aniston. And, yeah, that was uh, a funny movie. Jason Sudeikis. And yeah, he, he plays this. What's the character's name? Uh, Are you Adam. not listening? <laughs> I just don't remember. It's a, it's a character that and I don't know. Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. Okay. Yeah. No, the, this is a this is like more of like a for someone on the outside looking in as far as the comic world. This is a character that's kind of like in the weeds for me. You know, it's not like you would say Superman, Spider Man, whatever. Um, this is not a character that outside of the so, movies anyone would really know. So if he existed in the <laughs> Marvel Universe, like in the Indif- Infinity War comic book, he would have kind of played that part of Captain Marvel appearing when everything seemed hopeless to like be like, okay, you've taken out everyone else, but how about me? Got it. Giving the, giving the rest of the people kind of time to regroup, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So he's kind of that super powerful character that you're like, oh, well, who's left? You know, like, oh, Hawkeye's over there carving an arrow out of a tree. Palm leaf or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he got cast. Uh, that's really about it. I did see the new Scream trailer, which looked good. I'm intrigued about that. There's I another Scream? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Scream. And it's got the same original cast with uh, David Arquette and... Courtney Cox. I was going to say, I heard that they did something with the original cast, and I was kind of wondering whether or not they just killed them off right in the beginning or something. It might be. Is this in a retirement home, or, like, what's the... <laughs> they, uh... What's... They all look pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, Nev-, Nev Campbell's in it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yummy. Okay. There's a funny little gag where uh, they're, like, calling her up, like, are you somewhere safe? Do you have a gun? She's like, I'm S- I'm Sydney, whatever her name is. Of course I have a fucking gun, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, okay, uh, those, that's the news. Let's, uh, sp- speaking of weird things. Speaking of your magnificent mane, 
that was once a magnificent mullet. <clears throat> Pasco County fourth grader in the running for America's best mullet. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> wow. That's why it's not Florida man. It's Florida little man. It's a fourth grader. Um, this set me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> that was completely not the story I expected to hear tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's this kid is known... oddly enough the other one involved a main too. Ugh. It did. That's I thought that's where we were going. No, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. I I saw this and I was like, I'm done looking. This is the we'll, best. We'll save that one for next okay, week. Perfect. Stay tuned, kids. Perfect. That perfect. will be my story for next. Okay. week. Okay. Um. So this little dude, he's always been called uh, Mullet Man by his ba- baseball camp coach. And uh, he learned um, he learned about the mullet life. I'm reading from uh, this article. Uh, the mullet lifestyle from his stepdad, Chris. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Quote, we decided to grow them out for our wedding. We got, we get married in February. That's supposed to be past tense. In February. And, and Caden, that's the boy's name, is my junior best man. So he wanted to grow one too. So we said, go for it. That's the explanation from the stepdad. Uh, he's currently fifth in the top 25 for the running of America's Best Mullet. And it said, if you'd like to vote for Caden's mullet, tap here. Not click, but tap. <clears throat> so I did. And it took me to the mulletchamp.com. Please go to this website. M-U-L-L-E-T-C-H-A-M-P.com, just in case. It is the USA Mullet Championships. And it even has... This kid is rocking a Brian Bosworth-style mullet. You should... The side, of, yeah. the side of his head is shaved and painted like an American flag. It is amazing. There's a kids' division, a teen division, um, where, I, you know, Tyler Billingsley in first place? I don't know. I would give it to Caden Campbell. His mullet is far more magnificent. Um, and then there's also the men's open and the female-it. There's a division winner here. Um, Cassidy Jensen is currently winning. And, uh, well, I don't know what to say. Yeah, they're all magnificent. I don't really know where to go. I was thinking about this, and I realized if somebody said, hey, uh, Omar, um, you can have your hair back, but it's got to be a mullet. Uh, I've had to think about it for a minute, and I decided I'll just keep it as is. <laughs> now, see, I'm looking at this picture... <laughs> And I see possibly, but that that third place teen guy is very close to that not being a mullet. The third place teen? Yeah. The one that Josh looks like Boyette. Dave. He looks like Dave Mustaine. He one hundred percent looks like Dave Mustaine. That's exactly what I was gonna say. But that's very close to not being a mullet. No, I think it is. It's just his hair goes down a little like to his eyebrows, his his, his in the front there. But the back, there's definitely a party going on back there. Well, but it's it's long in the back. But, I mean, women's hair is long in the back and shorter in the front. It's called fucking bangs, dude. It's To me, the mullet is a very short do up front. It's so very like, close cropped. That's Like the first I mean, and second place guys? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. it's it's very it's very, and I don't know why that guy won first place. That's, That's what I'm saying. Come on, the second place guy should that, be the winner. For, Tyler yeah. Billingsley, you fucking stole that award. That is you. <laughs> that that's a pretty weak mullet. He had probably just a lot of friends or something. Uh, exactly. He got his entire school to vote. I always hate the online voting thing because it's whoever has the most friends that have computers mm-hmm. is going to win. 
But if if you go down to the men's open, those are mullets. Oh yeah, they are. Those are uh yeah. That third place I I'm going to say that that third place teen kid is in is very close to it not being a mullet. That's fair. I I wouldn't even consider that a mullet. I think it's funny that almost every one of them have like gas station style rainbow razor blade sunglasses. Mhm. Yes. The, the that is not an accident. Part yeah. of the Number 3 for the women is in, is from Florida. Not a lot of Florida. A lot of Tennessee represented here. <laughs> a lot of Alabama represented. Uh West Virginia, Oklahoma, another Tennessee, Arkansas. Um I I wouldn't say they're from all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just observing what I'm observing. I'm just I'm just here to bring some truth to the situation. That's our Florida little man story. I couldn't, I, once I went down this mullet rap, I mean, I was in this for like half an hour. I couldn't stop. Um, it was very, <clears throat> it was fun. I don't know. Nice. Whatever. Well, let's, uh, let us continue. Thank you, Florida, uh, kid. The gift that keeps and on giving. I wish that you had won. I'm not sure if that's still going on. It looked like it, it was over. It looked like it was over, yeah. <sighs> Boo. Boo. Didn't win the award, but you won the heart of the Give Me Five podcast. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, I think I'm going to talk about a comic book right now. I think you should talk. We're going to get into our book. main topics. Main event. Well, our main uh, event will be later. Mm, oh yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Birthday. We do have someone who needs our attention. Yes. So, I heard about a comic the other day. It was actually kind of an interesting little story. Uh, Marcus Parks, who is the the lead host and uh, research dude from the, um, uh, the uh, last podcast on the left, he, ha- he al- has always been very honest about his mental health troubles in the past. And uh, I guess he had bipolar disorder. And apparently, at one point, many, many years ago, 10, 15 years ago, he said something along the lines of he had a a complete breakdown and all he really wanted, all he could really bring himself to do or something was to go buy some comic books at his store. Cause that was kind of where he was familiar, uh, got it taken care of. And he just finished writing his very first comic book and went to the same store. I, this is all from Instagram. So I'm not entirely sure of the story, but he went to the same store and bought a comic book that he actually put on the shelf. So, it is a horror comic. I don't make it out to the store very much, but when there is some sort of story or or interesting thing that's not going to be as mainstream, I'll go pick it up. And this is called Soul Plumber. It is uh, written by Marcus Parks, Henry Zabrowski, and Ben Kissel. Art by John McRae. Uh, the synopsis, Edgar Wiggins, a disgraced former seminary student, is desperate to find a way to answer what what he believes in in his bleh, to find a way an answer to what he believes is his higher calling there we go he thinks he's found it in a seminar the seminary and seminar is driving me crazy here hosted in a hotel conference room by soul plumbers who have a machine that could be the secret to delivering souls from satan this is a very interesting thing to read right after watching midnight mass because oh, all right you know, it's got the overly religious, like nerdy guy, like schlub, uh, kind of dude that just like works at a gas station, and he's was wanted to be a priest, but he was kind of a weirdo, and he uh, finds basically he um, was kicked out of this thing, out of the seminary school, 
and he's very earnestly religious and is constantly proselytizing, but he's not necessarily overbearing, like in a the same way as what's her face from Midnight Mass. Uh, basically, the he goes to this seminar. There, it's a bunch of people that are selling this device where you could like reach it, it like puts like a lens over someone and you can reach in and pull the demon out you know like those people used to do where they would say they were doing an exorcism and like pull pieces of raw chicken out of them mm-hmm. and be like i have exorcised the demons that kind of thing it was like healer See? thing those like healer people yeah but like with demons right, instead right. of cancer so he goes to this thing this guy is selling it and it's he's all fire and brimstone and the guy can't afford it because he works at a gas station he's like i can't afford it so he's like well you know i'm doing this for god so he steals the plans for this thing and then makes it and it works so that's the end of the thing but there's a little part where it first i was like okay this is kind of interesting it has very it has pretty cool art and there's a lot of stuff to look at in the background like little jokes and uh little in gags and stuff like that but when they're doing the stage show to like sell this device the guy is like acting like he's crazy and all that and he's he does he pulls a your mom sucks cocks in hell kind of thing <laughs> and then they show him the dude pumping gas at the gas station afterwards with like the priest guy that was trying to sell this thing and the and the guy that was being exercised and he's like yeah you really didn't need the to do the your mom sucks cocks in hell thing everyone knows that's from exorcist and like when they first said it i was like oh come on that's just ripping off exorcist and then when they like went back to it and it was like yeah, like don't, you know, don't recreate The Exorcist. I was like, okay, they they get it, and it was it was fun. Like I loved it. That is pretty um, funny. And like it was at that point that I was like, okay, they get it. Uh, this guy invents a thing. There's like a a small side thing where there's like a meth addict that comes around, and that's who the guy exercises. And like it ends with him like ripping a demon out of this guy's chest, and you know, kind of holding it aloft like uh, Simba. And you know, it's a six issue thing. Again, called Soul Plumber, and I, I can't wait for the next issue to come out. You know, I was—I I actually I haven't had a comic book subscription for at least eight years. You know, because that's when I stopped when my kid was being was about to be born, and I'm—I actually put that on a subscription. Nice. I did watch a movie called "There's Someone in Your House." It's on Netflix. It was released October sixth of twenty twenty one. It's directed by Patrick Bryce, stars Sidney Park, Theodore Pellerin, Aisha Cooper, Dale Wibley, Jesse LaTourette, Berkeley Duffield, Diego Diego Joseph, Zane Clifford. Um, the synopsis is the graduating class at Asbourne High is being targeted by a masked assailant, intent on exposing the darkest secret of each victim, and only a group of misfit outsiders can stop the killing. So, here's the thing. I'm going to spoil this. So, if you don't want to know what... Because it's part of my problem with it. So, ultimately, I thought this was interesting. It was okay. Uh, there was There's a nice twist where the killer wears the face of the person they're about to kill. And they, they actually go into it. And, I, Greg, maybe you can answer this. How realistic can those 3D printers get? Could they actually print a mask that actually looks like a human face? No, not well, really. There you go. Um, but he talks... Uh, the uh, See, I've already 
I've already ruined it. He talks about how how long it takes him to print the mask out and everything like that, and all the painting and all the work that goes into making the masks and stuff. Um, but there's also two points in the movie where it really should have backfired, and it didn't. The fact that he wears the masks of his victims, and those those slips really kind of irritate me. Because at one point in the movie, it's it's gotten around and everybody is aware that the killer wears the face of the person that he's going to kill. And there's this one part where there's a kid at a party who he's going to kill, and the power goes out, and like there's like flashes and stuff, and and like I guess people have their phone lights on and stuff, so the the room's all lit up, and and somebody sees the killer coming, and sees that he's wearing a mask. And actually announces to everyone in the party and says, Oh my god, there's somebody here wearing so-and-so's face. And nobody did shit. (laughs) Everybody fucking knows that the killer is wearing the face of the person he's going to kill. They all know that this guy is the killer. (laughs) And nobody does shit. Party! I'm like, are you... No, well, I mean, they all ran. You know, the, the, the people were panicked because the lights were out. But, I mean, the room was lit up. Everybody had their phone lights on. Everybody could see what was going on. And he says, oh, my God, there's somebody here wearing so-and-so's face. And everybody just starts running to try and get out of the house. And it's like, it was a it was a high school party. People been drinking. There's a bunch of football players there. You know damn well that some drunk football player would have at least attempted to beat this guy's ass. That's really no. funny. Everybody ran the fuck out and and left the kid who was going to be murdered there to get murdered. Surprise, he got murdered. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> fucking really? He didn't run? <laughs> and then, then there was another part in the movie where the, the killer walks into a f- fucking corn maze. In public, it, it, this is of course this is all happening like around the time of Halloween. Walks into a corn maze in public, wearing a hoodie, a mask, and has a fucking sword strapped to his back, and nobody even looks twice at him. Pretty I'm heavy like, duty you, corn maze. Are you, no the. he walks through the entrance where there's like 80 people just milling in and out. He hasn't walked into the corn maze yet. It's one of those things where you walk up to the corn maze and there's a wall of corn and then you go to the right or the left to enter the maze. And he just walks straight up to the corn maze and walks right through the wall of corn and into the center of the cornfield. And he walks past all of these fucking people who are just milling around and nobody's like, why is that dude wearing a a sword on his back where hey where are you going buddy nobody said shit i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) oh that kind of shit irritates me but the 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 movie itself was was entertaining for the most part i enjoyed it um i did find it odd this is this is interesting because it does talk about the difference, but or it, it doesn't really talk about it. Um, 
But you know how anytime somebody does weird shit, the the popular insult is to call them a sociopath? You know, that's like a buzzword now. Yeah. You fucking sociopath. Right. Nobody fucking knows what a sociopath means. <laughs> that is really used incorrectly, yeah. Like, all the time. Yeah. And the irritating thing is, is I think, I'd have to go back and listen to their to their explanation again, but I think when he explains it, he fucking explains it wrong. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is it though... I'm not sure that's correct, <laughs> but whatever. All right, let's go with it. Um, so there, there's that. Now, one of the things that, um, and and it also doesn't work because he he talks about how a sociopath, um, you know, people think that sociopaths don't have feelings, and it's like, no, that's that's a fucking psychopath. Um, sociopaths don't have feelings; they don't have emotion. Um, again, yeah, no, that's a psychopath. That's not a sociopath. Um, he says, I'm very invested, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, but if you have feelings, why are you killing your friends? Because I guarantee you that there's a lot of people in high school that you could have gone after who have very deep secrets. But like of the four people that he kills, two of them are in his little circle of misfit friends who actually accept him. And it's like, I... I really feel like there would have been other people that you would have gone for. A, a sociopath, in case you guys out there are wondering, uh, is a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes mm-hmm. and behavior and a lack of conscience. That is the official definition. Well, not entirely. Okay. The, the psychopaths have no conscience. Sociopaths have a conscience. They can recognize what they're doing is wrong, but they can explain it. They have a conscience, but it's very weak. And sociopaths can justify what they're doing even though they know it's wrong. Whereas psychopaths, they don't have a conscience at all and they don't really care. They they will mimic what they think right. they're supposed to do so that they can fit in and fool people and manipulate them. My understanding is but they, like they watch, don't have a conscience. They watch how other people react to things and then sort of like learn to mimic things. Mimic it. Yeah. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> so yeah, As but someone I, I, who is uh, married to a psychologist who teaches that kind of stuff, it's always interesting when when you say the wrong term. <clears throat> I think like, like when I searched it um, to get the official definition, uh, it said jobs that are best for sociopaths, and I've done like three of those jobs. Salesperson explains a lot. Salesperson, check. <laughs> I can see clearly now yeah. your personality. <clears throat> And and the the best way that the I, I think the best description that I heard as far as the difference between uh, a sociopath and a psychopath is that sociopaths are extremely um, hot in their reactions, like they're very quick to anger, and they get they get like very angry very quickly and they fly off the handle. Whereas Donald psycho- Duck, Donald yes. Duck. Whereas psychopaths <laughs> are very. Um, the term they used was cold-blooded. Daisy duck. There you go. <laughs> no one no one has ever found the bodies. That's right. <laughs> so, ultimately, I mean, it was okay, e- even if there were some very large issues that I had with it. So, um, is it a good slasher for someone that just wants a nice Halloween slasher movie? If you just want a nice Halloween slasher flick, um, there there are some some kills. Okay. Nice. If you're looking to kill an hour and a half, go for it. 
I mean, there's probably better stuff out there, but it's, I mean, it's not a waste of time. Okay. That ended up not being a glowing review. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's not a bad thing, you know? I mean, ultimately, it was it was okay. It's so weird. It's be, you know, we talked about streaming earlier, but it's so weird in this era of streaming where it's just like, it's available. You might as well watch it because most of the stuff you already kind of paid for. And if you haven't seen it, you know, unless it's egregiously bad, it's so hard to review this stuff because you're like, eh, it's not very good, but you might as well watch it. It's there. You know? Yeah. It's a thing. <clears throat> okay. Well, Omar, I believe you are up. Oh, my turn? Reservation Dogs. I've had reservations about this show. <sighs> I made reservations for this. <laughs> um, yeah, so Reservation Dogs. It was released August 9th of this year, 2021. It's on FX. I watch it on Hulu, so it's that FX on Hulu thing that they do. Um, starring, these names are fantastic. Um, Devery Jacobs, uh, she plays Alora Post Oak. Um, Deferro Woon Atai as Bear Small Hill. Lane Factor is Cheese. Paulina Alexis is Willie Jack. And those are our four main characters, like the four teenagers. Did you say Cheese? Huh? Did you say Cheese? Willie Jack. Oh, yeah. And Lane Factor. His name, his character's name, his he goes by Cheese. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So, um, character that our listener uh, and patron Jubals can't swallow. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Sarah Podemsky, um, Zon McLaren, Dallas Goldtooth, who plays the spirit, who plays Spirit, who's like just a fantastic uh, character. Gary Farmer as Uncle Brownie, another fantastic character. Um, Lil Mike and Funny Bone, who are like two twins. I guess they were on like America's Got Talent or something, and they ended up on this show. Um, and then there's the rival group of teenagers called the NDN Mafia, like get it, Indian, NDN, um, played by Elva Guerrera, Jack Mar Maracle, Jude Barnett, and Xavier Big Pond. Those are the the four teenagers who play like the, I guess you could say the antagonists in the show. The synopsis is like this. From co-creators and executive producers, Sterling Harjo, who is, um, I looked him up and he did like, he's done like, like kind of like Native American short movies and things like that. And a yeah. little known guy named Taika Waititi from, from um, New Zealand. Oh, Reservation Dogs is a half hour comedy. I, I would argue the term comedy that follows the exploits of four indigenous teenagers in rural Oklahoma who steal, rob, and save in order to get to the exotic, mysterious, and faraway land of California. <clears throat> this I did it a different I did it a different way. When I went to California, I sold my body on the street. <laughs> Just like in the poison song Fallen Angel. <laughs> I bought it multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the Poison song uh, Fallen Angel is about me. That's a great song. It is. That is a really good song. And now it makes sense, though, that it's about you. I get that now. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, in my, I mean, almost right away, I would say this is a great show. Period. Full stop. It puts you into that world very effectively and very quickly. Like, you're just in it. Um, it's slowish at times, but it's never, ever boring. 
Um, the acting, the story, everything in between is so well done. It's very, very well laid out. It's very well thought out. The story can be slow a little bit, but it I feel like it tracks like with the vibe of living on an Indian reservation. Like the story's kind of slow at times and you can feel the frustration and sort of disillusionment of the like of this of the, you know, teenagers that we're talking about. Um the show begins a year after the death of one of the members of this crew of like our protagonists. Um, I'm not going to get in. I don't want to spoil it because it's so well done. And they do go into the history of this character that died and they get into it. And I I don't want to give anything away. Um, They're all dressed in black suits with skinny ties and they're doing like a memorial to their friend. And that's just like the first of many references to uh, Reservoir Dogs, like the Tarantino film. Um, Because they're dressed like... uh, They're dressed like the Reservoir Dogs. Even at the end of that first episode, I think, one of the kids walks away and goes, hey, can I be Mr. Camo? Or Mr. Camouflage or something like that. And there, so there's a few different references to it, and it, they're very, very cool. Um, hmm. They decide to move to California, which you learn very quickly. That was the idea of their friend that died, and they decided they're going to go with it even though their friend is dead. Behind all this, like in the background of this, is like all their family strife and things that are that's going on with them. And there's a newer group of teenagers that's like a rival gang. Um, so that's like a whole other issue. Um, episode two starts out with that in a kind of a serious but sort of funny way. Um, this show is a glimpse into the lives of our heroes, the trials and tribulations that they have to face as they grow up in an Oklahoma Indian reservation. And there's a good bit of like folklore, um, that, that appears that I don't want to give away. One thing that I can talk about is the Indian warrior, um, played by Dallas, Dallas Goldtooth that I mentioned earlier. He's a he's only known as Spirit, really, in the show. He dies at Little Bighorn <laughs> with General Custer, and he comes back, and he sort of, like, haunts the main character, but he's really funny. Like, it's not... It's, it's this weird little nod to the supernatural that comes in. He's he's great. He's a great character. He's he's hilarious, but he also like imparts a little bit of wisdom. Um I love how broad this show is. It's funny, it's poignant, it's at times extremely heartbreaking. Um it's got little triumphs along the way as they like do their thing, and sometimes all of those things are rolled up into one scene or into like one character's emotions. It's so well done. The characters are excellent. I'm not going to get into this with you Greg because I don't want to put Rob to sleep. But the music is amazing. There's <laughs> there's all kinds of like different genres represented, and the music is really, really, really well done, and it's it's infused into the story like perfectly. But I highly yes. recommend this show for everybody. It is, I think it's absolutely fantastic. That is not at all what I thought it would be about. And I'm what did you think? I am, I am intrigued. I hate talking about comics multiple times in one episode because this is not a comic book podcast, but there was a comic that went around for a while called uh, Scalped, and it was basically a, I want to say mob boss, but a crime boss on a reservation and you know, drugs and someone trying to get out of the reservation, and he was, you know, the character you follow was actually really an FBI agent, but you didn't know it, and it was very, very well done. Um, perfect for a TV show, but it didn't happen. And I kind of thought it would be more like 
that maybe based on that somehow like when i say crime like organized crime not petty crime so right right well casinos and that kind of thing i mean in this case like these kids like the reservation dogs that becomes their like quote unquote gang name gotcha and they and they and it's modeled after you know reservoir dogs and they even they even call themselves the like for short they call themselves like the res dogs like during the show and then gotcha. the the rival gang is the ndn what was it ndn mafia mm-hmm. right so i mean i don't i don't think there's any connection but yeah there is a little bit of like a crime streak part to this but it's more it's kind of funny it's it's done comically it's not that's not the point of the show at all yeah this is very different than what you originally thought but it it is i mean it is i absolutely recommend it for everybody it is fantastic it's so well done and well written and well acted it's it's beautiful it's really good cool i'm pleasantly surprised well, we are going to close out the night here with something way more ridiculous. <laughs> way more ridiculous. Uh, I actually did not write the name of the director down, but we are going to talk about the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Is that even what it's called? Muppets Haunted Mansion? I think yes, it I believe so. Uh, it was released October 8th, 2021, which is last Friday, based on us where we're recording. Uh, starring Will Arnett, Darren Chris, Taraji P. Henson, John Stamos, Danny Trejo, who absolutely in no way, shape, or form would like to murder Omar or Rob. I'd like to call him friend of the show, Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. And he's welcome to visit us anytime, Mr. Trejo. We are in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. He is going to wear your intestines as a bullet tie. That's, I really hope so. And while I'm fond of the both of you, I'm going to help him if he tells me I have to. <laughs> well, it's not like I gave a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, Alfonso Ribeiro, Chrissy Metz. It is on Disney+. Plus. Synopsis. Gonzo and Pepe the Prawn have to survive one night in a haunted mansion. I watched this the other day with my kid. He adored it. He loved it. It was so much fun. It's just one of those like fun, happy mm-hmm. things. I and and I told Rob to watch it, and his opinion was, "Holy shit, this is hilarious." What what was it I exactly said? I don't even remember. Uh, I try not to pay attention to what you say, <laughs> but I can look. Um, your exact words, and I quote your text. Um. Uh. It was on. It was on Discord. Yeah, dude, this is cute as fuck. We were talking about me, or were you talking? Yeah, about... I was gonna say. Actually, uh, I was looking at my. Never mind, dude. This... <laughs> uh, the Muppets Haunted Mansion is really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it was. You know, it was very, very. Uh, you know, basically. So I, I did a, a little bit of research and stuff because it's one of those things you don't really want to s- screw up the Muppet jokes. Yeah. Us recounting Muppet jokes is not nearly as good as seeing Muppets do Muppet jokes, but well, but the I I will say that the that the jokes in this one, the it this was classic Muppets where the show was geared at and designed for kids, 
But if you paid attention and listened to the dialogue, there was a lot in there for adults to laugh at as well. Mm-hmm. I like when they do that. I like when they do that for kids' shows. It was it was very well written. It was very creative. And a lot of the shit they said was just great. So the, the director of this had wanted to do a haunted Muppet show for decades. And now that, of course, that the Muppets were owned by Disney and they were able to kind of get something together, they decided to do the a Haunted Mansion theme thing. But they also didn't want it to be like they were in the Haunted Mansion ride. They wanted it to be like they and were yet. at a Haunted Mansion. But it was so much like it was like it made me miss that ride so much. They had like a lot of the big room scenes um, like they, they they had they had shots where they were um, uh, in the stretching room. Then they were in the dining room and they were in the attic where Constance, you know, the uh, the bride mm-hmm. um, the, and they were in the graveyard the seance room. Yep, the seance room, the graveyard. So they hit all of the major scenes from the ride. It was it was just great. They replaced the actual scare characters from the ride with Muppets, and some of them made sense. Some of them were hilarious. Um, and the, they actually they actually replaced some of the uh, some of the characters from the or some of the animatronic people with uh, actual people. Yeah, true. Uh, Will Arnett was the ghost host. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He's, He's funny. Yep. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the singing uh, or the grim, the grim grinning ghosts is that what they are out in the mm-hmm. graveyard? You know, they were yeah. all some a lot a lot of them were celebrities. Some of them I didn't actually recognize with the glowing ethereal thing, and then I saw the end credits. I'm like, oh, yeah. Taraji P Henson was Constance the uh, bride. Uh, Miss and that whole sequence with her and Pepe was just hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Did you know why the rat's gone now? No. Apparently, the dude that played the rat was kind of an asshole. Like, oh, really? And he kind of did a hard line. Speaking of, again, we're, we're, we're You're revisiting talking about Rizzo, things. right? Yeah, Rizzo the Rat. He's been gone for a little while. So Pepe has become Gonzo's thing. But the guy that did the voice and basically created Rizzo the Rat, he, they, Henson didn't say exactly what happened. But the things that did come out was that he wanted a very, very large amount of money, like top pay in the entire company. And also, as part of his contract, he wanted to not have to do anything else but Rizzo the Rat. Like, he didn't want to meet with kids. He didn't want to do press things or, oh, like... that guy. Yeah, He's so they, Rizzo, you know, Rizzo. He's not fucking Kermit. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, they didn't release too much. I had to go down a very big rabbit hole to even find that information. And it was even... Even that was a little bit big. But um, I was like, oh, well. I kind of like Rizzo. I like the rat. So... Pepe, the pro- not shrimp. He's a prawn. <laughs> okay. And they uh, actually teach you how to say prawn in Spanish. Yes. And? Uh, it was so much fun. Can you remember? How do you say prawn in Spanish? I don't know. I don't Okay. Camarón. They didn't teach me very well. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. See? I knew what that was before. it? Uh, Cameron. Oh, okay. Like Cameron, yeah. but Cameron. Uh... Miss Piggy, of course, made an appearance as Madame Leota, the mm-hmm. the head in a fishbowl, as she says. Madame Pigota. Yeah. And the, did you notice that the woman that was actually tending to her, like the maid, I think? that was Oh, actually, I was wondering who that was. That was the real Madame Leota's daughter who works for for Disney. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. So was, I thought that was cool. That's awesome. And I've, I recognized her right away because I just remember like two months ago I watched the, that making of Haunted Mansion thing on Disney+. Plus. Like how it works, 
and they interviewed her there. It was like, oh, that shit, that's her. Um, it's it's like a perfect Halloween fun thing to watch with a kid. And it really it's, is. And the weird thing is I kind of forgot some of the jobs of the Muppets because I'm like for me, yeah, there's the Muppet show and there's the Muppet movies. But the stuff I saw the most was actually Muppet Babies. So I kind of forgot the the Gonzo Daredevil thing somehow, and oh, like, yeah. like that he was. So it was very cool to see that again. Like their other jobs, or I forgot that that Kermit was kind of like I knew he was the host, but I still see him as like kind of the leader of the Muppet Babies in a way. He's just kind of the leader so, in general. Yeah. yeah. Do um. You, do you remember the theme song for Muppet Babies? Yeah, of course. Muppet babies, they'll make your dreams come true. <laughs> Muppet babies, Disney's gonna sue me and you. Well, that's what I'm hoping. That's well, the dream, you know? You know? kind of weird, and you wish that you were there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, they actually had to do a lot of stuff to film this. I found some really interesting stories about this. The entire mansion portion of the thing is is digitally recreated. Uh, they filmed nice. everything in multiple. So everyone was asking because it looks a lot like the ride. Everyone it was does. asking, "Did they film there?" And they're like, "No," because a lot of the times it would have put basically it would have put puppeteers like on electrified tracks and stuff, mm-hmm. which would have been a bad plan. So they re- they digitally created it, and then they actually had to film it like at multiple levels because they were filming people, then they were filming Muppets. So it would, like some of them were four layers of stuff that they created like for the ghosts so they can make them see through and all that so it was you know, a lot of people were acting and talking to nothing and then they were creating the ghosts out of puppets later so it was very kind of technologically savvy and totally worth it like I'd, i'll probably add this to my watch every year around halloween it uh, looks good thing does it look good like is it like visually yeah, uh, it looks i mean it looks like it should okay it looks like the muppets hanging out in a haunted house or the ride I love the it's Muppets. It's really enjoyable. I, Omar, you should watch it with your No, I, I love the Muppets. I, I always have. And Haunted Mansion, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will. They have the, the dueling f- pictures. They got, I mean, if you've, and if you're a Disney fan too, like if you're like, man, eh, Muppets, whatever, but if you like love the Haunted Mansion and want to go on the Haunted Mansion because you miss it, watch this. It's just as good. But I think that's it. Because I would like to segue from Disney fans. To a Disney fan, unless you have anything else to say about Muppets Haunted Mansion, I would like to see it. Please. I do not. You should go see it. I will do that. Well, Rob, you know what I'm talking about with Disney fans and our particular Disney fan. So why don't you announce? Well, announce. our most our most recent patron, Mister Scott, is having a birthday. And you know what happens when our patrons have a birthday? We, oh, well, when our patrons have a birthday, Rob gives them a vigorous lap dance. No, wait, hold on. That's not. Do oh, that, take, that will happen later. Do we take that out? Oh, it's, uh, we do a top five list about, we each do a top five list about. No, we can't take it out because then that becomes a different kind of dance. Ah, yeah, that's uh, true. Much, yeah, you just can't whip that out. Can I become a patron? How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Don't worry about it. We'll talk later. Yeah, so we, we do a top five list about that person that is definitely, hopefully, not true. 
And this time we are going to talk about Mr. Scott, who is a very skilled electrician. He is. But he has other skills as well. He does. So us being, you know, able to talk to him in the patron chat, we are going to tell you some of his other skills. So who would like to talk about Scott's skills? We'll go one at a time here. We're going, um, oh, we're doing one at a time? Okay. Yep. Yep. You want me to... I'll jump in first. He is able to, little known fact, leap tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he can do that. It's true. I've seen it. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, I... I he, he does live very far away, so I had to kind of ask around. But I did find out from someone at the uh, one of the local sex shops near his house. Um, he's able to name every vibrating sex toy from the past 65 years using only the sound of its vibration. So it'll be like, <laughs> so the, so they'll like turn it on. It'll be like, and he'll be like, oh, that's the Latin lover 2000. <laughs> Amazing. Does he Amazing. have to like touch it to feel the, like the. No, he, he can just do it by, he's like a bat. Wow. But only with vibrating sex toys. It's like, like, like dildo sonar. That is... And it really confuses him when he hears vibrations and recognizes it as a sex toy, and it ends up being like a boat engine. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Well, that'd be a powerful sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> the anus destroyer, nine million. <laughs> he he died horribly, but we could not wipe the smile off of his face. Yeah. Exactly. All right, that's fair. Well, Rob, you know Scott the best, so what, what do you got? Um, well... I do know it not so much a skill, but um I do know that early on he learned that by shaving a muskrat he could simulate the feeling of a freshly shorn scrotum. Oh, God. I mean I'm not I'm not sure why that's a thing, but you know, there you go. Uh, we're here to talk about the top five, we're not here to judge. Uh, that's right. Yeah. What 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 you got? Oh, okay. Um <clears throat> one of his skills is narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during podcasts. That one was special just for Mr. Scott. And that one, that and that's actually one of the true. reasons we love you, Scott. Yep. <laughs> he is a very good tracker. Like, he can track people down. So, like, think Dog the Bounty Hunter. But uh, he is a very low-level license. So the, about the farthest thing he can actually track is... Um, kids that ripped off the ticket machines at Chuck E. Cheese. Those so like bastards. He gets to go up and be like, I saw you hanging around the skee-ball machine. Give me those tickets. Right. Like, I 100% support him in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that there would be... That, you know, we've, we've like revisited a lot of things, mullets and comics and all that kind of stuff. So that that's uh, his tracking skills. Nice. Well... He actually has picked up a new hobby. A new one? Yeah. He has started doing taxidermy. (laughs) Because his passion, apparently, is placing wild boars in tutus and putting llamas in one-piece leotards so that he can act out Fantasia, quote-unquote, the way it should have been. I can't tell if I'm being hit on right now. (laughs) Man, he's still still doing that rant. (laughs) 
yeah, the Fantasia rant. Oh, Fantasia, yeah. yeah. God, God help you if you get some whiskey into Scott and he sees Fantasia and sees Fantasia or hears that classical music. Oh boy, mm-hmm. that's funny that you should mention Disney. Actually, one of his, uh, oh. I would call it a superpower. You, we can call it a skill, but it's really a superpower. Anything you can think of that you need anywhere in the Magic Kingdom Disney World area, he can draw you a map just from memory. That is actually probably yeah. true. Anything you need. Also. It doesn't matter. I, I would not I would not question mm-hmm. that actually. I feel like that's I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like it's true. Whether it be sunglasses or sunscreen, sunscreen, or like a tamp- sunglasses, a tampon, a rain poncho, whatever you need, and I, and I feel like I feel like it would be like in the form of a pirate map where it counted like steps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Be like make a left at the singing mouse. That's probably that accurate. Yeah. Yes, fifty-seven more steps, and then you hang a right. I would like some Dole pineapple ice cream, please. Where am I going? You know what I'm talking about. Let's not play these mm-hmm. dice. I love that stuff. Man, I can't get enough of that shit. Well, uh, since we are talking about Disney yet again, I I don't know if any one of you know this, but he can fart the entire musical uh, interlude from the Main Street Electrical Parade. (laughs) He just farted straight through the entire thing. (laughs) That's fucking impressive. In key and everything. I'm laughing because my next one is that he can fart the entire opening sequence of Airwolf. <laughs> Airwolf. <laughs> but this is weird because he, he, yeah, he does the Airwolf thing, but the only time he can do the entire electrical parade is if he eats a smoked turkey leg. Wow. And the lights are flashing because you've got to have the lights flashing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. So uh, what, what do you got there, Rob? <laughs> I like that. He can fart the entire... Apparently we both went the same direction do, there. Do you, you we did. We did. Great minds think alike. Did we each do three so far? Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. We're on number four. Right. Well, I feel like he's been... He's been to Florida enough. And this is... um, This is a lesser known skill, but I feel like it's important. Especially if you're visiting Florida. Um, even if there's nothing going on at the moment, he can spot a Florida man. He can say... This person is a Florida man. He's already done something newsworthy, or he's going to do something like a Florida newsworthy. Man, like he he already knows. He... he can just see it. Maybe it's the mullets. I don't know what it is that gives it away, but he's on it. Like a like a spidey sense. It's a spidey Florida sense people. for a Florida man. Exactly. Interesting. And he's he's. I don't want to use the word king of it, but eh, he's kind of the king of that. He knows what's up. Interesting. Well, I'm going to have to get serious here, I think. I'm going to have you know, Rob, you know him the best. Uh, is he going to be upset if I if I talk about his superpower? Does he, does he keep that um, hidden? Does he have like a secret identity kind of situation? Um, I think he does, but as long as we don't give out his last name, I think it's okay. But here's the okay. other thing. He knew what he signed up for. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, he was bitten by a radioactive wombat many, many years ago. I don't know if you know what – do you know what's special about wombats? Because they're kind of just like, you know, just Australian critters. But you know what they're special, what they actually do? Uh, they roll around? No. they Those are chinchillas. But uh, wombats, they actually can poop perfect cubes. Shut up. 
they can't their their cube their poop is uh cube shaped and they use it to build walls to uh around their burrows they actually make little walls out of poop around their burrows which is used to impress and find mates i have found my people uh and uh, scott has been happily married for how many years <laughs> so what his you've... wife's birthday by the way was uh yesterday so uh, happy birthday happy and birthday. uh I just want to know that, that it's entirely possible that you could figure out when he was bitten by the wombat, and you might not want to touch anything uh, in his house, especially the walls of his house. I can't believe I'm fucking Googling wombat poop. For the record, I knew it because I had to Google wombat poop. What made you think of Googling wombat poop? How, I mean, talk me uh, down that road. Actually, don't. Uh, Actually, don't. I think... My kid came home with like a weird fact about wombats. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, or it was like the inside of a Snapple cap or something like that. It was something involving my child, and you know, how kids are. That's yeah. funny. What you got there, Rob? Other than a other than a browser full of wombat poop pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually, you you remember that those muskrats he was shaving? Yes, yes. He actually makes mustaches out of the shorn muskrat hair. Ooh. That he that he gets and he puts them up on his website, lipsweaters.com. Yeah. And you can those. what's that? Gonna have to get me one of those. <laughs> For sure. But you can also find them on any picture he happens to walk past because he thinks it's funny. Uh he so he puts a mustache on it? He does. Like a poster. Yeah. Interesting. And that's Omar? lipsweaters.com. Lip sweater. Got it. I'm already there. <laughs> <clears throat> there is only one Dutch windmill in the United States. One. And it is in the great state of Michigan. Did not know that. And our hero is the only one who knows how to operate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this weekend it will not Very. be running. <laughs> so if, but that is his so skill. like a tour bus full of like septuagenarians is going to pull up. It's not going to be spinning. Nope. Because he's going to be down he's here partying be, yep. with us. It's unavailable. I'm sorry. There's going to be a sign nice. in the window. Come back Monday. <laughs> nice. Well, I didn't. It's weird because, like, I, I know his his major skills. So, but I only had a chance to hang out with him a little bit just because met him right before the pandemic, and then it was pandemic, and I've seen him once since. So I had to ask around, and what I found is I I actually went around some truck stops in Michigan. To find out, you know, what some of his other skills were. So I was asking all of these truckers, big, burly, manly truckers, mm. because I figured he's the type of guy that would hang out with those. And I don't know what this means, but they said something about he can suck the chrome off of a trailer hitch. Mm. Uh, he's also very good at polishing knobs. Now I'm not a like a you know, technical worker like that, so. Um, I, I don't know what that means, but apparently he can suck the chrome off a trailer hitch and good at polishing knobs. Well, so. we know that he was probably, like, maybe during college he was, like, a maid or, like, a house cleaner of some kind. Maybe. I don't maybe know. He was very That's good with they the said. They, they spoke very fondly of him. There was there was a lot of high-fiving amongst the biggest, burliest <laughs> hmm. truckers. More than more than one or two tears. <laughs> there, there was, Yeah. <laughs> Big Roy uh, sends his regards, actually, and also would like to wish you a happy birthday, Scott. A happy birthday. Yeah. Um, well, one of his other 
hidden talents, and it's kind of hidden because he doesn't really do it anymore. But he has an extremely flexible spine, oh my. and he can fold himself up to fit in small places, like a trunk or whatever. And he actually had a very promising career as a contortionist until one show where they opened a trunk and found him filleting. Oh my god, I knew that. Oh, that's- <laughs> on on stage, and he wasn't asked back. Why ever? Yeah. That's the big draw. I don't know. That's why he had to turn to Diesel Larry. Oh yep. my god! I think it's hilarious that Greg and I went the same place <laughs> twice. <laughs> We, well, we actually know Scott, so it's not like it was that far off. It was, you know. Well, uh, that takes us out of here. Who? Uh... Happy birthday, Scott. Happy birthday, Scott. Happy birthday, Scott. You're a goddamn American treasure, as I like to say. Um, I feel like, uh, well, this, oh, yeah, okay, Rob, go ahead and do a little bit of contact stuff. We already did the email, so. Yes. But if you would like to go to our website, you can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMe5Pod. And like Greg said, you can email us directly, Give5Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in any cool Give Me 5 Podcast merchandise, you can always go to GiveMe5Podcast.redless.com. Next week, we will be reviewing the uh, 80s classic, Fright Night. Right. And I say classic with finger quotes. Well, we'll cut finger fangs. Oh, nice. Oh, Nicely done. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs>